Hello chaps, it's Mark from English on Command and today we're going to read a new beautiful book. It is called Sapiens, a brief history of humankind. The author of the book is Yuval Noah Harari. It's a bestseller, it has very very good ratings and this book about, well, basically about the history of humankind. Kind, and I hope you will enjoy it. If you don't understand some words or expressions, feel free to text me anytime. The link to my Instagram is in the notes to this podcast. All right, let's go. Once again, Sapiens, a brief history of humankind. Part one, an animal of no significance. About 13 and a half billion years ago, Matter, energy, time and space came into being in what is known as the Big Bang. The story of these fundamental features of our universe is called physics. About 300,000 years after their appearance, matter and energy started to coalesce into complex structures called atoms, which then combined into molecules. The story of atoms, molecules and their interactions is called chemistry. About 3.8 billion years ago, on a planet called Earth, certain molecules combined to form particularly large and intricate structures called organisms. The story of organisms is called biology. About 70,000 years ago, organisms belonging to the species called Homo sapiens started to form even more elaborate even more complicated structures called cultures. The subsequent development of these human cultures is called history. Three important revolutions shaped the course of history. The cognitive revolution kick-started history about 70,000 years ago. The agricultural revolution sped it up about 12,000 years ago. The scientific revolution, which got underway only 500 years ago, may well end history and start something completely different. This book tells the story of how these three revolutions have affected humans and their fellow organisms. There were humans long before there was history. Animals, much like modern humans, first appeared about two and a half million years ago. But for the countless generations, they did not stand out from the myriad other organisms with which they shared their habitats. On a hike in East Africa two million years ago, you might well have encountered a familiar cast of human characteristics. Anxious mothers cuddling their babies and clutches of carefree children playing in the mud, temperamental youths chafing against the dictates of society and wary elders who just wanted to be left in peace. Just thumping marches trying to impress the local beauty and wise old matriarchs who had already seen it all. These archaic humans loved, played, formed close friendships and competed for status and power, but so did chimpanzees, baboons and elephants. There was nothing special about them. Nobody, least of all humans themselves, had any inkling that their descendants would one day walk on the moon or split the atom, fathom the genetic code 
and write history books. The most important thing to know about uh, prehistoric humans is that they were insignificant animals with no more impacts on the environment than gorillas, fireflies or jellyfish. Biologists classify organisms into species. Animals are said to belong to the same species if they tend to mate with each other, giving birth to fertile offspring. Horses and donkeys have a recent common ancestor and share many physical traits, but they show little sexual interest in one another. They will mate if induced to do so, but their offspring called mules are sterile. It means they can't have babies. Mutations in donkey DNA can therefore never cross over to horses or vice versa. The two types of animals are consequently considered two distinct species. Moving along separate evolutionary paths. By contrast, a bulldog and a spaniel may look very different, but they are members of the same species, sharing the same DNA pool. They will happily mate and their puppies will grow up to pair off with other dogs and produce more puppies. Species that evolve from a common ancestor are bunched together under the heading genus plural uh, genera. Lions, tigers, leopards and jaguars are different species within the genus Panthera. Biologists lab label organisms with a two-part Latin name. Uh, genus followed by species uh, lion, for example, are called Panthera leo, the species leo of the genus Panthera. Presumably everyone reading this book is a homo sapiens. The species sapiens, wise, it means wise, of the genus Homo, man. Again, Homo means man, sapiens means wise. Genera in their turn are grouped into families such as the cats, lions, cheetahs, house cats, the dogs, wolf, foxes, jackals, and the elephants, elephants, mammoths, mastodons. All members of a family trace their lineage back to a founding matriarch or patriarch. All cats, for example, from the smallest house kitten to the most ferocious lion, share a common feline ancestor who lived about 25 million years ago. Homo sapiens too belong to a family. This banal, simple fact used to be one of history's most closely guarded secrets. Homo sapiens long preferred to view itself as set apart from animals, an orphan, bereft of family, lacking siblings or cousins, and most importantly, without parents. But that's just not the case. Like it or not, we are members of a large and particularly noisy family called the Great Apes. Our closest living relatives include chimpanzees, gorillas, and orangutans. The chimpanzees are the closest. Just six million years ago, a single female ape had two daughters. One became the ancestor of all chimpanzees and the other is our own grandmother. Skeletons in the Closet Part 2 Homo sapiens was kept hidden an even more disturbing secret. Not only do we possess an abundance of uncivilized cousins, once upon a time we had quite a few brothers and sisters as well. We are used to thinking about ourselves as the only humans because of our, the last 10,000 years, 
our species had indeed been the only human species around, yet the real meaning of the word human is uh, an animal belonging to the genus Homo, and there used to be many other species of this genus besides Homo sapiens. Moreover, as we shall see in the last chapter of the book, in not so distant future we might again have to contend with no sapiens humans. To clarify this point, I will often use the term uh, sapiens to denote members of the species Homo sapiens, while reserving the term human to refer to all extant members of the genus Homo. Humans first evolved in East Africa about 2.5 million years ago from an earlier genus of apes called Australopithecus, which means southern ape. About 2 million years ago, some of these archaic men and women left their homeland to journey through the uh, and settle vast areas of North Africa, Europe and Asia. Since survival in the snowy forest of northern Europe required different traits than those needed to stay alive in Indonesia's steaming jungles, humans' populations evolved in different directions. The result was several distinct species, to each of which scientists have assigned a pompous Latin name. Homo rudolphius in East Africa, Homo erectus, East Asia, and Homo neanderthals, Europe and Western Asia, are all humans. Humans in Europe and Western Asia evolved into Homo neanderthals, men from the Neander Valley, popularly referred to simply as neanderthals. Neanderthals, bulkier and more muscular than us sapiens, were well adapted to the cold climate of Ice Age Western Eurasia. The more eastern regions of Asia were populated by Homo erectus, which means upright man, walking upright, right? Who survived there for close to 2 million years, making it the most durable human species ever. This record is unlikely to be broken even by our own species. It is doubtful whether Homo sapiens will still be around a thousand years from now, so two million years is really out of our league. On the island of Java in Indonesia lived Homo silensis, man from the Solo Valley who was suited to life in the tropics. On another Indonesian island, the small island of Flores, archaic humans underwent a process of dwarfing. While becoming smaller, humans first reached floors when the sea level was exceptionally low and the island was easily acceptable, accessible from the mainland. When the seas rose again, some people were trapped on the island, which was poor in the resources. Big people who needed all the food died first. Smaller fellows survived much better. Over the generation, the people of floors became dwarfs. This unique species known by scientists as Homo florensis reached a maximum height of only 1 meter and weighed no more than 25 kilograms. Once again, 1 meter and 25 kilograms. They were nevertheless able to produce stone tools and even managed occasionally to hunt down some of the island's uh, elephants. Though to be fair, the elephants were a dwarf species as well. Um, in 2010, another lost sibling was rescued from oblivion when scientists excavating the uh, Denisova cave in Siberia discovered a 
fossilist fossilist I'm sorry guys fossilist finger bone genetic analysis proved that the finger belonged to a previously unknown human species which was named Homo Denisova who knows how many lost relatives of ours are waiting to be discovered in other cases on other islands and in other climes while there's humans were evolving in Europe and Asia Evolution in East Africa did not stop. The cradle of humanity continued to nurture numerous new species such as Homo rudolfensis, man from Lake Rudolf, Homo ergaster, working man, and eventually our own species which we've immodestly named Homo sapiens, wise man. The members of some of these species were massive and others were dwarfs. Some were fearsome hunters and others meek plant gatherers. Some lived only on a single island while many roamed over continents, but all of them belonged to the genus Homo. They were all human beings. It's a common fallacy to envision these species as arranged in a straight line of descent. With Ergaster, uh, begetting Erectus, Erectus uh, begetting the ne ne Neanderthals and the Neanderthals evolving into us. This linear model gives the mistaken impression that at any particular moment only one type of human inhabited the earth and that all earliest species were merely older models of ourselves. The truth is that from about 2 million years ago until around 10,000 years ago the world was home at one and the same time to several human species. And, and why not? Today there are many species of foxes, bears and pigs. The earth of a hundred millennia ago was walked by at least six different species of man. It's our current exclusivity. Know that a multi-species path that is peculiar and perhaps incriminating. As we will shortly see, the sapiens have good reasons to repress the memory of our siblings. Alright guys, we're going to stop at this point. The next chapter will be the cost of thinking. Alright, I hope you enjoyed it. Any questions, text me anytime. Have a good day and bye.